This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the chest. <coughs> Coronavirus self-isolation podcast. Hello and welcome to Back of the Chest, the lockdown sessions. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm your host as we continue to do our best to keep some form of normality, although that ship has sailed for some of us quite some time ago. I'll introduce you to the panel after this short message. No paywall, no subscription. Back of the Nest. Fan-created podcasts, videos and articles. Free forever. Right, motherfuckers. Oh, I probably shouldn't start a show like that, should I? Um... <laughs> what the hell let's keep it um <laughs> so introducing my panel uh first up mr nicholas gillard what's your how you doing oh amazing yeah weird energy at the start of the show there i'm not too oh, sure why really wasn't expecting that really wasn't <laughs> i think um well we've we've been on 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 the line for a while now haven't we so i think i've started to lose my mind already plus yeah, quite a heavy amount of whiskey prior to the show. But uh, talking of drinking heavily before shows, hello, Mike Scott. All right, all. Yeah, good to good speech to you. So we've got a few things uh, to chat about before we crack on with anything, just to see how you guys are, see how you're coping, really. Um, so I, I have followed Albert's lead, if you listened to the preview show this week. If you haven't, make sure that you do. Uh, Albert accidentally making a, a, a giant glass of gin with a sort of 50-50... Measure of gin versus tonic, and I followed suit with a fifty-fifty measure in a pint glass of whiskey and diet coke, and uh, my face feels warm as a direct result, which is uh, which is good news. Uh, but struggling a little bit, I think, to cope with uh, the challenge of um, isolation and all that kind of stuff, and also the challenge of cooking for myself um, rather than ordering endless takeaways or just popping down the shops for a sandwich. Uh, managed to burn myself quite spectacularly with a load of hot oil. Um, so there you go. That was that was my experience so far this week. Um, what have you been up to, Nick? I haven't been ordering coffee. Why are you ordering coffee, man? Oh, uh, yeah. Keep well, in the shop. Yeah. So, I mean, we are at some point possibly going to get interrupted by a delivery of coffee. But I feel that coffee is four stops away to give you an update. Uh, but literally... Yeah, right. You tried that joke pre-show. I didn't laugh then, and I mean, I've slightly <laughs> giggled now because you tried it again. Um, but I mean, it's literally round, literally round a corner from my my house. I could walk to him in around 
25 seconds, but apparently that's four stops away. Don't know, don't know what's going on there. Exciting times, um, you know, at which point during the show is he going to turn up? I'm certainly going to, you know, can't wait to find out, really. Sorry, Nick. Um, what's your life like at the minute? Yeah, it's not too bad. We're kind of all quarantined at home. We've got the 12 weeks at home because of my son's treatment earlier on in the year. So, um, but it's good. We got, we got the swing ball out earlier. We had a barbecue. I feel a little bit guilty um, about having a garden and stuff when I know other people are stuck indoors. But, you know, what can you do? Um, done me hours exercise taking the dog out um, and played a hell of a lot of FIFA as well as board games. It's been kind of quite nice, but I don't really know what day it is. It's getting really groundhog, really groundhog. I'm impressed you've still got a swing ball, mate. What the hell's going on there? Best birthday present we ever bought the kids. We've had it for about four years now. Apart from the fact it gave me tennis elbow one year and I couldn't move my arm for six months. Surely. They, they, they all get involved. Surely swing, love it. swing ball elbow, right? Sorry, swing ball elbow. Yes, indeed. Indeed, yes. Mike, you've been drinking expired booze, and they're still drinking expired booze. Yeah, uh, so I, there, there's an off license incident then is that um, have sold me some booze that expired in, uh, in January 2019 today. So um, kudos to them for maximising profits. Um, I, I've been drinking a lot in the evenings, chatting on Zoom and whatever. So I've been drinking Bud Light to try and, uh, you know, it's low calories, low alcohol, um, health, the healthy option, but uh, probably isn't when it expired 15 months ago. Um, Nick's absolutely right on the garden thing. I don't have a garden. Uh, I'm going fucking stir crazy. Um, I'm actually a sun worshipper and for it to be warm outside um, is soul destroying. The sun passes my window for about two hours in the morning. So I was trying to, with the windows open, sunbathe this morning inside um, it's hard, man. It's really, it's really hard. I, I know people have got it harder than me by a long way. Uh, my other half's with my kids, and she's got symptoms of COVID nineteen. So you know she's got it tough, um, but mentally going a little bit stir crazy, definitely. Yeah, I share your pain with the um, the lack of garden situation. I'm in, I'm in the same boat there, really. And there's a lot of inconsiderate people around where I live, so I'm, I genuinely don't feel like going out the door at any point in a minute. A uh, quick update on the parcel. It is two stops away. Just two stops away. Still roughly... Oh, he's one stop away, guys. Right outside my house. I'm excited. Right, before he turns up then, uh, I want to talk about inconsiderate people. Absolutely. So my other half has a friend um, and for whatever reason, her Christian values have made her decide that this is some kind of um, Illuminati fake, um, fake news. So she's decided to totally ignore it uh, and carry on having social events at her house, go out, whatever. Um, fuck her. Fuck her. Yeah, there's a lot of that. We'll be talking a little bit about that in one of our later sections. I also want to tease the fact we've got an amazing quiz coming up. You're going you're gonna to love it. It's a little bit different this week. and um, Well, I won't spoil it, but I already know. Question seven. Question seven. Oh. It was, it was yeah. If that doesn't keep people listening, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, saying the words question seven, quite the tease there, Nick. Um, <laughs> all right, let's um, do a little bit of admin. First, um, I hate using that word, and I know Mikey hates me using that word, so I'm going to try and stop saying admin. But just for now, it's admin. So um, we are, of course, sponsored by the 
uh, by Pitch Sport Football. Check out their app, Google's Pitch Sport Football. I'm tr- struggling to speak because of the whiskey is, is a problem. But do Google Pitch Sport Football, download their app and join us on there. Uh, not currently doing any fan time questions at the minute, but do check out the fact that they are currently doing a simulation of the season. And Palace just beat Burnley 3-1. It was two from RU and a Zaha goal as well, with Chris Wood replying for Burnley. Uh, if you want to add me on there, my code is KUGKUT. And currently, at the time of recording, there is a, an ongoing FIFA tournament with DR Kernas in the final. And uh, unfortunately, we'd love to bring you the result of that. But at the time of going press, we don't have it. So, but looking forward to seeing the results there. We can give you some early round analysis. Um, DR won his first round 10 0. Uh, we, did, we did warn you that he's pretty good. Um, he made it to the final. Uh, Aaron, who was on the, the pod last week, made it to the semi, got knocked out. Um, it's it, it, it's been it's been high stakes, but um, I still back DR to uh, to beat just about everyone in the entire universe. Yeah, Sai I played, Sai was out in the first round, wasn't he? Disappointing. I played DR last year at FIFA, and he only beat me four one. So I think I must be quite good. Yeah, yeah, we well, went easy. He's, he's good, isn't he? He's quite good. Like I say, I've played him once, and I, I rage quit at nil nil after giving away a penalty. <laughs> So that's the way I want to keep it. He's never beaten me. Um, although technically he was awarded a three 0 from the rage quitting, so but they, you know I don't count. That. <laughs> um, so uh, if you do want to get in touch with us at any point during the course of this um, isolation period, you can send us a WhatsApp voice message on o two o three five seven five one two six six. On our socials, Instagram is at back of the nest cpfc, Twitter is at back of the nest, Facebook back of the nest, YouTube back of the nest, and email is hi at back of the nest.com. Thank you to everyone who gets in touch on those. We do read them all. We don't necessarily use them all, but that's not a reflection on content, it's a reflection on our, on our ability to plan. Um, do give us some reviews on iTunes or your chosen podcast app, and we'll cover one of those a bit later on, which I've very much enjoyed. And um, yeah, I think it's time to crack on with the football chat. Um, one stop away this parcel I'm just I'm very jumpy um, in fact oh, I'm excited at any moment my coffee's going to arrive uh, football chats and Mike I'm going to let you probably take us through this because I'm just poised like a coiled spring and I just heard something you, you go you go wouldn't well. it be funny wouldn't it be funny Mike if he answered the door and it was Gareth Hunt giving him the Nescafe shake. So there's your coffee. <laughs> Tough. What one for the teenagers there? Uh, one for the teenagers. <laughs> um, so let's talk about our team of the decade update. So uh, we've been getting people to vote on their their players for each position so far. Our goalkeeper is Julian Speroni. Left back is PVA. Our centre backs are Dan and whoever won this one, and our right back is Joel Ward. So this week we had Damien Delaney against James Tompkins and no real surprise, um, I'm in the minority by going Tompkins, but um, Damo won uh, 55% against Tompkins, 45%. Um, And obviously uh, Damo has some amazing history with the club. So Nick, talk us through why Damo would win that particular bout. Uh, I think it's because he's been with us longer, went through the whole shebang with the losing points, um, managers leaving. He he went through a hell of a lot with us. And the fact that he was going to retire uh, before joining us, I think put him in a good 
good light for a lot of Palace players. I myself would have put Paddy McCarthy above Delaney. But there you go, that's just me. Well, I think it's another one of those situations. I mean, did you enjoy how much he knocked just to drag, drag back? There's a, that was a lot of knocking on my door. I mean, you know, he really wanted to make sure I received that parcel. And, um, and I thank him for that. I mean, you know, he's the real hero, um, not me. <laughs> have you washed your hands since taking no the- you're right and I did touch the cardboard but I'll, I'll just, I'll just, what I'll do is I'll just wipe that my hand on my shorts um, and that'll be fine I believe I believe that's the government advice um, wipe your hand on your shorts no on the Delaney um, subject I mean it's definitely a case of, of heart rolling head um, but I, I like that I mean that's what football is about for a lot of it isn't it you know you don't really want to necessarily have these these discussions that are constantly without emotion you know we try to be balanced on this show but quite often heart rules head in some of the things that we say here as well and you know Damo's a, a fantastic player but it was really it's the attitude it's everything he brought to the pitch and it's you know that iconic scene and I know Peter Ramage posted it on Twitter with of him in the tunnel consoling Damo's in absolute floods of tears after we got promotion that's an iconic image that will stay with us forever. And, you know, that's why he rightfully goes goes into this team of the decade. Yeah, and that's exactly why Joe Ward um, beat uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I, I probably agree with Nick that I, I'd go Paddy McCarthy, um, but the this is based on the votes from listeners. Um, we choose the, the top two uh, amount of votes for each position. Uh, those are the two that came in. Obviously not, you know, younger Younger fans are not necessarily going to remember the early years of Paddy McCarthy. Um, so the next one, the one we've got up this week, I think it's going up tomorrow, Michael put it up, um, is uh, so central midfield, defensive central midfield. Um, the two highest votes were Luca and Kabai. So um, that's a t- that, that's probably the toughest one so far for me. Um, I split right down the middle. I feel like Luca perhaps has been a bit more consistent over time, but Kabai um, was was a real um, centrepiece signing for us and had probably the best chant of any Palace chant ever. So what do you what do you guys reckon on what you'd vote for? Just a quick update. I touched my face with the hand that I rubbed on my shorts. Um, problems. Are you wearing the shorts? Yes, no, no, they weren't. They're not there as like a hand towel or anything like that. And... Um, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I've been wearing them probably a few days too much, <laughs> starting to uh, to stiffen up, so to speak. Um, but anyway, Kabai, <laughs> uh, you know, an absolute Rolls Royce of a player, you know, proper class, and at his peak was world class. Um, when we got him, we were really obviously very, very hopeful that he was still at that level, uh, the level that got him the move from Newcastle to, to PSG. And in all honesty, he probably wasn't, you know, early promise in the first game where he scored against Norwich. Um, But, you know, a lot of people were kind of left disappointed because of so high their expectations were. But it was funny how over time people really started to appreciate him and then probably appreciated him the most when when he left. But, you know, Luca is an incredible player, an incredible captain, incredible leader, come in for a lot of stick. um, But was, was, you know, you think about when he joined us, he... You know, he left Olympiakos, who fell to pieces when he went, and he completely turned our season around as well. So, real tough choice, that one. It's hard, because uh, Kabai is, is just such a great player. Uh, sort of like, I, 
a luxurious player rather than a luxury player. I, I hold him in the same fond regard as I do Shamak. Just, just technically better than the rest of the team. Didn't show it all the time, but it was a joy to have somebody that that cultured. That's the word I'm looking for. Cultured in our team. Um, and like you said, we didn't know what we had until he'd gone. Um, Luca, I bloke hot and cold with. He 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 did brilliantly for Olympiacos. You know taking him into a Champions League. But I don't think he's fulfilled the promise that I thought he'd have at the beginning. But you could say the same with Kabai, although we, we knew he was on a downward trajectory when we got him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, the, the, the Olympiacos stuff for me is sort of retrospective. I didn't really know him as a player before he joined us. And, you know, that I was I was definitely pleasantly supply, su- surprised. Hmm, what's happened there? Surprised with that. Um but anyway, I think you know we'll we'll see what happens when we uh, when we do our next pod and see where that one ends up. But definitely a, a tough call. Right, a bit more football chat in a general sense, although there is a, a, a Palace link to it, which uh, Mike will take us through in just a sec. But lots of in the news about um, footballers potentially needing to take a thirty percent pay cut and where that money will be sort of diverted to. Um, and it's interesting to see the kind of polarising response. I mean, obviously it was Matt Hancock who, who, who basically came out and said it um, in quite strong terms over the last day or two. And lots of people thinking that's a bit of deflecting going on. When you start to analyse the reasons why the PFA have rejected it and why the players have essentially rejected it, you know, it's some very, very interesting views on that. And I have to say the kind of instinct from people to to immediately think the footballers are being greedy and they're earning so much money and all this kind of stuff. It's, you know, it kind of does fly in the face of, of what the real issues are. And I think, you know, Andros made some really good comments. Uh, Mike, if you want to take us through those to start. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's, it's worth saying that um, Hancock was asked directly um, about Premier League players. So it's not necessarily something he pulled out himself. Um, but it did seem like he threw them under the bus a bit compared with you know, other other people with money. Uh, Townsend went on to talk sport. I, th- I think it was in the morning. It was probably Alan Brazil show or something like that. Um, I only caught the, the replay of it. But, um, you know, again, he's shown that he's a very eloquent man. I think he's going to end up in punditry. Um, but he wasn't too happy. And he said the health secretary didn't want to give his name. It's um, so obviously fairly angry. Uh, deflecting blame onto footballers, I don't think that is right. His job is the responsibility of NHS workers. Uh, okay, that's not necessarily to true, but he is coming out and deflecting onto easy targets, the footballers, and that doesn't sit right with me. And then a slight change of tact in what he said. We do have a responsibility, but we're giving back to the community, and rightly so. We are in a very privileged position. The community effectively pays our wages. At a time like this, we need to give back. So obviously saying what a lot of other players have said, um, they're willing to give back, uh, but they're waiting on their unions. Um, and some of them either, uh, like Eddie Howe, voluntarily cutting their wages or they've already been donating. So it's, it's obviously a difficult time in that they've been told to wait for their unions. And, and honestly, my opinion is, um, you know, they're only going to get paid once a month anyway. So... Um, depending on when they get paid, it, do- it doesn't matter how long they wait. It's, it's not going to make a difference to the amount of wages that come in. Um, and, and secondly, there's a difficult discussion around how the taxes work because um, you're talking about 40 and 50% of their wages going to tax anyway. So um, 
if their wages were cut, then would the club end up keeping it? Is it better for them to uh, get paid and then donate the money? And, and then are you sort of at the mercy of players publicly saying where the money's gone? If you've got someone like Zahar, who's always donated his money but kept quiet about it, he might get more criticism than somebody that comes out and says on Instagram, I've just donated loads of money to X, Y and Z, even though they've done nothing better than, than, than Wilf. So it's a difficult situation. It's 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 an easy target. The, the the media have always got to have a hate figure, and and working class blokes made good becoming footballers are an easy target. Now, why isn't the IRB being put at Richard Branson, who bloody sued the NHS, and now wants loads of money off the government to to help keep his company afloat, and he's got bloody islands. And how far down do we go? We're we going down to League One footballers giving up their wages. I mean. Who's, who's the guy at Liverpool, Jordan Henderson? He's sorting loads of stuff out. And as uh, Mike rightly said, footballers know the communities they come from and they will give back. Um, and it's it's hard. I just see them being scapegoated. Uh. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely spot on there. There's a, there's a bit of scapegoating going, scapegoating going on. And when you talk about the whole working class lad made good, you, you know, you're spot on there in terms of media hate. It, it happens all the time. I think it's difficult. I mean... There was a um, it was a football three six five article um, with an unnamed um, professional who hasn't taken a wage for three years because he's basically said you know I've made all the money I need to make I can't spend any more than I've already spent I've got the house I've got the the nice cars I've got the wife and kids all set for life what do I need more money for and I, I think he's probably an exception in terms of that level of, of generosity and that level of thought. However, he quite rightly points out that the majority of top-level players, which is what we're talking about here really with the with Premier League players, loads of them already have foundations set up in their name and, and do huge amounts for charity already. And I don't think any of them are averse to doing something extra because of the privileged position that they're in, really. But doing it in the right way is, is the, probably the most important thing. And, you know, Mike's talked about the, the difficulties there. It just seems quite obvious that it's not as simple as it's being made out. And it just seems odd that we're in this position where, you know, we have to demonise these people who are, who are successful. And I don't think the defence that, oh, you know, they have a right to earn what they earn and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that really washes. And I don't think there are many footballers who, who would even say that. But I think... The key thing, as, as Mike was suggesting, is where where does that money go, and what's the mechanism for for making it fair so nobody gets vilified for giving less, or or no one gets praised for giving more than others? It's you know it's a bit more complex than it's being made out, and it, it just seems a weird little distraction right now. Um, but it's exacerbated by the attitude of some of the bigger clubs, particularly Spurs and Liverpool, you know, following. Um, oh you know non-playing staff and you think about the the riches that uh, those at the level you know in the the board there you know our own board are excessively personally rich um but you know our 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 club have been fantastic during this but you know when when massive clubs are are abusing their position and that's what it seems like to me you know the players are always going to be collateral in that yeah absolutely what i was going to say if you you take levy at, at spurs taking a, a massive load of money and then sticking his non-playing staff on furlough. Um, that seems to be more a, a crucial issue that needs to be sorted right now um, than uh, what's going to happen with the players, which can surely wait a few days. Um, but that's much more difficult because that then reflects 
automatically on, on other companies of a similar size. Um, and it, it, it comes outside of football, whereas footballers just become a very easy target. So obviously, if someone comes out in a week's time when they're told to cut their wages and says, I don't want to, yes, um, we could probably assume they're a little bit of a bellend um, and, and maybe get some criticism. But there's no way that these players are, are going to do that. They, they're all keen to do it. They've just been instructed to wait for their union who are you know, making sure they cover all their bases because they don't want any legal battles, which would then perhaps cost a load of money, perhaps cost our clubs money, which is not what we want. Um, but at the same time, if they were getting full wages, supposing Andros Townsend said, okay, I want to donate a third of my wages to Bromley FC. Um, I don't see how that is is any worse than taking a wage cut. If anything, probably better. So yeah, this is a really difficult subject. Probably none of us, none of the three of us know enough about it. Um, but it definitely shows that we aren't falling for Matt Hancock's crap. I like. I, I love your honesty. It's not enough people, Mike, say I don't know enough about it to be able to. If only people did that more often, we'd be in a much better place. Um, the other thing was was the speed at which the media came out and lambasted the players. The, the players didn't even have a chance to kind of have a response or they didn't go to any of them. Um, I saw a thing on social media that was lampooning a player saying, yeah, well, I should keep my money, blah, blah, blah. It, it just, yeah, it's the worst, worst thing I've seen today. They, they should just, you know, there's more more important things to worry about, but Liverpool should be ashamed. I know a lot of their supporters, I, I, I follow them, a friend with them on Twitter, are absolutely disgusted by their club. Um, for what's supposed to be a sort of proud socialist city, we don't buy the sun, we look after our own. They just cannot believe that the club have done it. No, but you, you know, again, I suppose it just shows the the you know the type of person that tends to build up excessive wealth and the type you know that they tend to have a certain attitude, don't they? Um, hey, you know, let's we, but we're not going to. Well, that's a huge rabbit hole. We're not going to dive down any further. And as Mike says, we're you know we, we're not the experts here. And I totally agree with you, Nick. It is a refreshing thing to for people to admit. And if there was more of that, there perhaps would be slightly less mis- misinformation out there in this time. Um, and that's something we'll talk about a little bit later on as well. Um, so it's time for my favourite 11 of all time. Now, yeah, uh, full disclosure here, I picked it in around a minute during the show preparation because I'd forgotten to do it. But I actually feel that that was quite a good way to do it because I haven't had a chance to overthink it. I've had to react very, very quickly. So um, I've gone with Nigel Martin in goal, still the most outstanding goalkeeper I've, I've ever seen in a Palace shirt. I never saw John Jackson, who was, who's highly rated by the by the older crowd. Um, and we've had some very very good goalkeepers, and our current goalkeeper is 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 you know if he hangs around long enough, will certainly push Martin for for the top spot for me. But he was just absolutely sensational. And the career he had after, after leaving Palace, you know, million, first million pound goalkeeper joining us from Bristol Rovers, was brilliant, um, was very, very unlucky to be playing at the same time as, as David Seaman. Otherwise, he'd have a lot more England caps. But um, just brilliant reactions. Great all-round keeper. Go on, Nick. Yeah, it's always a little bit disappointing when you see him on Twitter and he's always talking about Leeds, but never us. I, I did feel a bit sorry for... Um, the man he replaced, Perry Suckling, because he was a brilliant penalty penalty stopper. And were it not for the 9-0 drubbing 
at Anfield, we may never have seen Nigel Martin upset us. Yeah, just dis- destroyed him, unfortunately, the um, Perry Suckling. It was right at the start of the time I, I started supporting Palace. And I always enjoyed his name, but never really saw much of him. Anyway, I better rattle through this a bit quicker because we've got um, a fair amount to cover and not a huge amount of time. Um, so I've gone with Klein at right back. And I, my instant reaction was to sort of stay in the in the 90s period that I enjoyed so much. But I just, it sort of suddenly popped into my head just how much he surprised us and, and the way that we were talking about him when he joined. Um you know, that he was the best youth player to come out of the club since Kenny Sansom. Um, you know, Zaha's probably gone into Eclipse Klein by quite some distance. But, yeah, brilliant right back, such a natural defender, and uh, shame he left us when he did um, in all the, the administration business going on at the same time as well. But, um, you know, gone on to great things. I've gone with Dean Gordon at left back, rocket of a shot. Just, it was just such an exciting fullback. Really loved watching him play. Um, yeah, can't really say too much more about him other than he was just just enjoyed the way he played football. I've gone with the my favourite 90s centre-back pairing of Eric Young and Andy Thorne because I just think they worked brilliantly together and they were just no-nonsense, particularly Ninja, who was just hard as nails. Um, and my favourite thing ever was him breaking Dion Dublin's leg uh, when Dublin started playing for Man United. Um, I don't know why I enjoyed that so much, but it just, it just kind of summed up the way he played football to me. They were just... Both of them were... You just could see strikers really not wanting to play against them. And when we finished third in the league, the two of them were just absolutely sensational every single game. So I had a tough time. Uh, I was thinking of a 4-4-2 when I put this together. So I had a tough time, went straight to the wingers next. And of course, I had to go for Wilfred Zaha. Talked about him last week after the 10 years. I talk about him pretty much every week. My favourite ever Palace player. Probably the most naturally gifted player ever to play in a Palace shirt. Don't need to say any more than that. But I really enjoyed watching John Solarco as well. He was kind of my that sort of exciting winger. I never saw Vince Hilaire or uh, or anyone of, of that ilk. Um, obviously, Peter Taylor was a lot, lot, long time, lot, lot, long time. Hmm. It was a long time before I started watching Palace. So, you know, we've had exciting wingers. But Solarco for me was absolutely brilliant. And, and when he, you know, got, got to represent England, I think that's when he was really at the peak. Uh, in, in a Palace shirt and very, very exciting player, delivered a fantastic cross and incredibly versatile, easy to forget that, and including a stint in goal as well in one particular game. Centre midfield, don't need to elaborate, Jeff Thomas, Andy Gray, just brute force and plenty of ability. Um, quite rightly, they were picked in the, the all-time team as the central midfield and just, yeah, I, I can't praise those two enough Um because they were just terrifying to play against and just very, very good players. And I've gone with a front two of my favourite ever. I mean, Clinton pushed this tight because I love Clinton, but that's more about his personality, even though he was a fantastic goal scorer. But I had to go for AJ and Ian Wright. AJ because he changed how teams had to play against Palace. He was one as one player. He could leave him up there on his own and he'd, he'd terrorise a whole back line just through hard work. Uh, and the finishing was just sensational. When he joined us, you never thought that would happen. But, you know, without without the injuries, who knows what he would have gone on to achieve, um, although he achieved plenty anyway. And Ian Wright, don't need to talk too much about Ian Wright, just a brilliant, brilliant striker. Natural talent, unreal. Obviously made himself unpopular with Palace fans, but I, I'll never stop loving Wright. Just a legend. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fintons. Mmm. It's almost like your team has a lot more balance than mine did last week. Um, Terence <laughs> of the preview show um, what's up to say uh, that my all-time Palace eleven was fucking shit. Um, so he probably agrees with this one a lot more. We have precisely two players in common, which perhaps suggests that there's more depth to uh, Palace's history than we'd think. A lot of yours, obviously, um, 90s players, as you said. That's your, your dream era, as it often is. I, I think like when you're about... Between about 10 and 14 is when footballers really tend to, to get under your skin and, and you love them. Um, it's hard to argue with, with, with any of those really, isn't it? Um, I, I'd imagine Nick's probably got some from, from a different era as well, but that is a very balanced Indeed. 11. Indeed. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about mine earlier. Mine are going to be a, a few 80s and maybe even a couple of 70s in there. Just players that I've actually seen play. I don't like... And I mentioned John Jackson and my dad was always banging on about him and another player called Mark Lazarus. But, you know, on, on the strength of what my dad said, perhaps I should include them. But having never seen them, who am I to judge? Yeah, I think you're right. You've got to have seen them, really. Um, even watching them on on clips isn't really enough or watching them on TV. If you've not sat there in the in the ground and watched them play for a sustained period, judging them is very, very difficult. So, um, and they don't mean as much to you either. That's 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 the importance of your own eleven. Hundred percent. That is that is bang on. You know, all of those all of those players I mentioned are just heroes. And there's there's you know there's more players that are heroes to me. Mark Bright and Eddie McGoldrick. I, I absolutely loved those growing up. Chris Armstrong was just unbelievable and could have been so much better as well. I think his potential was astonishing, but. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, poor old Bruce Dyer. I loved him when we signed him, but then he um, decided to spend most of his career offside. Anyway, moving swiftly, <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, this is very much in your um, in your wheelhouse, Mike. Uh, there was an article on is it Premier League Focus? I think it was called, um, all about Jordan Ayew and his importance to Crystal Palace. So I, I mean, I'll just say we've talked about him a lot, especially this season, obviously, and. You know, to think that we'd be in this position where it would would wouldn't be a sarcastic article or, or us talking about this article sarcastically a year ago seems very very odd in in some ways. But it's absolutely bang on in some of the analysis it gives, isn't it, Mike? It's great. So I couldn't sleep last night. I was awake from about three until about ten to six. And I remember looking at my clock at five fifty. So when people say um, don't drink because it means you can't sleep. 
that's bollocks. I didn't have anything yesterday for the first time in days, um, and I slept terribly. But I was on Twitter at about four in the morning, um, and the Premier League site had posted a really interesting article on IU. And, and it's hard to underestimate how much analysis the uh, the Premier League app um, and the website come up with. Um, and I know it, it seems like it's mainstream stuff and it's not worth reading, but it's amazing. And they've put an article up about Jordan IU. So first of all, um, he scored eight for us, which is five more than any other player. Um, but it's about his goals. So we've had trouble with finishing. Um I think it's fair to say, in the last couple of years. So just a quote from it. According to Opta's expected goals metric, which measures the likelihood of a chance being converted, only one of his eight goals has a rating of over 50%. So what that means uh, is that only one of his eight goals um, had um, them expecting it to be scored uh, by more than one in two. Um, So seven out of his eight goals um, it was more likely that he would miss than he would score. And then five of them um, had a rating of less than 27%, so only a one in four chance. Uh, and as Hambo rightly said before the pods, uh, presumably the West Ham goal is one of those. So that that's rare. I mean, that's why he scored eight this season. That's that's the really interesting thing out of this this article. That kind of makes a mockery, mockery of those stats. But I'm looking at the article, one one sentence really struck me and it, it's true is IU is quick and skillful but can look cumbersome at times it's like he fools and lulls the uh the opposition players uh into oh yeah we can't get past him but just looking at the stats at the bottom of this and um fouls one he's second you know think of how many players there are in the Premier League so yes, to, uh, uh, just to just to clarify that fouls one from forwards um Oh, he, right. he, he is second in the Premier League with 75. Uh, you can have an educated guess who first is. Um, I think Hambo's right, probably Grealish is higher as well. But for forwards, uh, second behind Zaha. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and as uh, you know, I, 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 that same sentence amused me, Nick, I have to say. Um, and I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was a little harsh, and I might did as well. It's like cumbersome is probably not the word that I would choose. I'd say unorthodox at times, but. You know, I think as his confidence has grown, the actual the skill that the quick feet has just increased tenfold. It, it is is a sight to behold with him running at balls. And sometimes there's been a couple of occasions where you've seen him do something, and he, your brain has immediately gone, "Well, that must have been Wilf, surely." Um, but but it was <laughs> Jordan. And... My favourite was the time where he keepy upied through about four players. He just the ball didn't touch the ground, but he kind of dribbled through just by knocking it in the air. I mean, it was only for about five yards, but it's one of the greatest things I've seen on a football pitch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to rattle off those other stats, ball recoveries, which indicates you know his defensive work, fifth out of all forwards in the Premier League, fifth out of all duels won, sixth out of completed dribbles, and then it's um, possession one in the final third, he is 10th. Just an incredible work rate that we see every week. Um, and his conversion rate is, is 22.2%, which is hugely impressive i mean lovely stats great little article as well from from adrian clark on, on the premier league website really enjoyed it and to finish it off probably the most important thing in terms of points his we knew this already but his eight goals have been vital for palace including two equalizers and a remarkable five winners so yes jordan Ayew, um let's be honest in a couple of years time we're going to look back fondly and stick him in our 11 after a couple of drinks <laughs> yeah for sure 
Um, very, very briefly, just want to reference the preview show chat where Albert and Sam got into a an, an unplanned, clearly, discussion about which manager they would like to spend lockdown with. Um, I'll be honest, they covered them all, really, in the Premier League era. Um, I enjoyed particularly the comments about Allardyce and his um, his pints of wine. And, 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 yeah, I guess maybe just if we do a quick round, who who would we pick as our, our manager to spend lockdown with? Maybe who wouldn't we? You got any ideas, Mike? I pretty much totally disagreed with them both. Um, I thought, first of all, um, Holloway, they, they were quick to dismiss. Yes, he, he probably would... Um, he probably would play pranks on you, but it'd be very amusing. Um, and if it's for uh, just a few weeks, uh, you'd probably find that he was fairly entertaining. Um, Allardyce, he it would be so much fun. He he would supply the booze. He'd be up for a drink any any day of the week. Um, you know, he he probably after a few drinks get really mouthy. But then I would go for Pardew, um, because first of all, he would order the deliveries. Um, he'd pay for it himself. He'd probably go, I'm going to choose for you and get you something amazing, really expensive that you wouldn't pay for yourself. Um, now, can, and- I, can I jump in there? If you believe yeah. the rumours um, of when he was at West Ham, he'd order the deliveries in, but then whatever he was eating, he'd immediately take what you had and say, when you're the king, you can do what you like. But I mean, I'm all right because he, he wouldn't want any vegan food, so that's cool. Oh, fair, fair, um, yeah. yeah. So, so then you know that there'd be like, champagne that's half open just laying around that, that that'd be fine um and then late on he'd probably do a car walker and order some strippers so he would, <laughs> he would definitely he would definitely be an entertaining man i'd go pardy um and then when you've had a few drinks you could take the piss out of him for, for you know for for his career as well before i go on to mine what's car walker doing What's this about social distancing? I mean, what's wrong with these footballers? He's, I mean, we were we, we were we were saying earlier about how much we should, you know, give them a bit bit of a break, and then Carl Walker does something like that. They don't do themselves any favours. Anyway, my lockdown manager would be Paul Hart, just to see us through this time of crisis. Show me kids, you know, the way the way things go in the house. Um, I don't think he'd get in the way too much, um, and I think the family would be able to carry on as as usual with him just sitting in the background overseeing things not changing too much um you get any of the others in i think they'd change too much and they're not really suitable for kids i'm just trying to work out if it's you who's seemingly broadcasting from a kitchen nick or whether it's mikey who's left his microphone uh unmuted Hmm. um good selections um, and I'm going to have to go on instinct again because I asked the questions of you thinking that I would uh, come up with it while you were talking, but then I was distracted by the sounds of a kitchen and, and I've completely forgotten how to. Um, I, I, you know, my, my gut is to go for someone that would challenge me um, and, and you know, because, you know, overly cheerful people or, or uh, entertaining, and I'm doing air quotes when I do entertaining people, um, are, you know, they're great at the start, but the longer the thing drags on, you know, the, the, the tougher it gets. And as your mood starts to slip, you, you, you know, you end up falling out with someone that you like. So I'm going to go with the, with the guy I hate the most. And I'm going to say Tony Pulis. I think he'd be quite dour. But I think after a few drinks, we'd, we'd bond, I think. I think we'd, we'd both get very sweary. Um, and, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd start, we'd start with arguing about things. But eventually, we'd, we'd sort of synchronise into to moaning about the same stuff. 
And as a Welshman, I think he'd join me in a wonderful song uh, upon the end of an evening. So that's what I'm uh, I'm going with there. I don't reckon he'd do any of the housework. Oh, oh, hell no. No, absolutely not. But, you know, neither will I. He wouldn't last in my house, but within five minutes. Take your fucking hat off indoors, will you? I mean, I, I just couldn't be doing with it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's why he's out. Um, anyway, let's crack on. Um, as you quite rightly pointed out, Mike, um, a couple of years, to, it was yesterday, wasn't it, to the day at the time of recording that Ray Wilkins sadly passed on. Um Absolute legend of a footballer. Only 81 minutes in a Palace shirt. And I had to remind myself of why that was. Because in my head, it was because he joined us, obviously, very much towards the end of his career. And played in a, in a game against Liverpool where we were absolutely terrible and completely destroyed. But I think, you know, from from, from reading online, it, he actually broke his foot in the 82nd minute. And that's why, and, and obviously never came back from that um, before moving on to be, I think, player manager at QPR. But, you know, in a way, it's it's fantastic that such a, a phenomenal footballer and a great footballing man who, who's incredibly sadly missed um, actually did don the red and blue. So um, very, very sad, sad times to, to have to wave him off, I guess. In my abiding memory of him, I mean, I know he played a lot of friendlies and looked very promising before his very short-lived kind of professional career at Palace. But um, it was a live match, a rare live match on the telly in the 80s. And um, the commentator, the ball went off off the pitch. The commentator said, and there's Ray Wilkins, uh, a model footballer, and everybody should aspire to look up to him, all the kids. And the next thing you heard was Ray Wilkins go, Oi, kiss that fucking ball. And I've remembered that to this day. And uh, that's why I like Ray Wilkins so much. A gentleman off the pitch, but he needed, he knew when he needed to um, let the anger out as well. So fair play to him. As a pundit, that's how I remember him. Um, I don't really remember him as a footballer, um, but absolutely my favourite pundit. Um, spoke with eloquence, um, and, and and always said something that you'd have no idea, um, you wouldn't even have thought about as as a non a non playing football watcher. Um, more than that, he had his problems off the pitch, um, heavy drinker, um, and in the past I could relate to that. And and, and he got uh, when he got pulled over, uh, I think the last time before he died, um, and he ended up being being off talk sport for a while. Um, he was very public about it and then he did an interview when he got back on the radio uh, to talk about his problems and I had a lump in my throat listening to it. Um, he, he was so honest about his faults um, and, and coming to terms with his issues um, that I think as a, as a, a mental health patron, um, he, he did amazing things and it's very underestimated. And, and when people have that sort of late night conversation about who you'd invite to a dinner party to chat to. Um, if I had half a dozen people, I think Ray Wilkins would, would be one of them because um, his life stories are something that you could, you could use in your own life. I think almost everyone, almost every football fan. Um, and, and that's what I probably remember about him most. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also enjoyed the fact that he used to say that the phrase very much so, um, on an incredibly regular basis to a point where when I was a kid at school, we, we used to repeat it to each other. Um, not, 
not the most famous thing, uh, you know, the thing he was most famous for, but um, but but something I remember fondly. But um, yeah, a cracking player, cracking man, you know, and a human being who made mistakes. Um, but you know, the way people talk about him in football really just reflect uh, the character he was. Sad times. On a, a more brighter note, uh, Sam Hesketh of this parish um, is doing an absolutely amazing daily thread on Twitter, which you have to check out if you haven't already. Where he puts, he's going through his program collection and puts up a sort of program of the day and picks out some of the best bits from the program. Some very, very funny things in there. There was the um, the club night or something like that that made me laugh, and it talked about um, free aftershock all night until <laughs> stocks ran out, which <laughs> I'm a, it just brought back so many horrific memories for me of of just down in that horrible cinnamony aftershock and how it tasted on the way out. Terrible, terrible can, stuff. Can but... I give you an aftershock story? Yeah, go for it. Um, if we've got time. So, um, went to university when uh, when it was still cheap, thankfully. Um, and the university I went to had 14 bars on it and you had to... There was something called Campus 14 where you had to do a drink. It was either a pint or a double with no mixer um, in, in every bar. So I went with um, seven pints of snake bite and seven double aftershocks. Um, and you got three hours to do it. Um, and it's quite a long distance, so you have to do a lot of running. Um, so made it back. We planned it so that we finished in the nearest bar, which made a lot of sense. Um, but I obviously couldn't take that much alcohol. And uh, I was sick before I got back into my room. Um, and because it was aftershock, it, it was kind of neon orange, neon yellow, neon red. Um, and it stayed on the pavement for the entire rest of the year as a sort of <laughs> dark stain. <laughs> so I have never drunk aftershock ever since, and I would rather drink piss. Oh, dear. Bad, bad time. I'll similar with Pernod and Black. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lovely aniseedy flavour. Much, much better than that red the green aftershock was all right the red one was just vile oh. anyway um i'm gonna stop thinking about aftershock um we if we had more time we'd talk more about the program thread but um you know we can do that in, in future shows but do check it out go to back of the nest on twitter yeah well, one thing to say both neil dans and clinton morrison have got involved with it this week retweeting so if it's got neil dans a recommendation you know it's worth reading <laughs> exactly right um we also got a, um, a review that came up on iTunes this week that I thoroughly enjoyed. Someone taking my advice of writing whatever the hell they wanted and giving us five stars. So um, it's not swearing this because the name is spelt with a PH, so it's for fuck's sake. Uh, but you don't have to bleep that, Mikey, because it's PH fuck. You can say PH fuck fuck like that. Um, so the title of the um, the review is Waters for Wimps, and uh, regular listeners will understand where this is coming from. It says, eye brackets, ear opening, informative, educational. Without this show, I'd never have known mouthwash was a suitable replacement for water. Um, clean lyrics? Mega lol. I'm not sure about mega lol at the end, but very much enjoyed that review. Please follow suit if you're rating, uh, rate the show five stars. Write whatever the hell you want as a review. It doesn't really matter. Um, but thoroughly enjoyed that, and thank you very much for that review. Hugely appreciated. I'm going to leave the memorable matches uh, message we got from Ken Barr over there in the States uh, till a uh, another week because we are running a little long and Nick needs to go and watch Homeland uh, shortly. Um, so just uh, some... Ju- I'm not watching you- it. 
it, it turned to crap, the fourth series, but as long as we're done by Homeland, I've got permission to record this pod. You don't want to get into a row re- about that in the current climate, do you? You can't go anywhere. I yeah. can't go out. No, that's true. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> just wrap up with a couple of quick bits before the amazing quiz. Don't... Oh, the quiz is so good. Um, so look, people are still going out and um, it is a minority. The government seems relatively pos- positive about how many are observing the rules. and It is frustrating. We've t- talked about it a little bit. But the most bizarre thing is in the news today, and I definitely want to talk to the guys about it in the sense that it baffles me. People have actually set fire to multiple 5G masts because of some bizarre internet conspiracy that they are suppressing the immune systems. It, I, and, and there's, I think it was Amir Khan I saw on Twitter who's, who's supporting this as one of the people who's, you know, high profile people saying that this is true. The only thing I'd seen prior to this, actually reading that this had happened, was a, you know, a piss take uh, drawing on the, <laughs> that that went did the rounds where it showed five G bats, which I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was funny, but not so funny when people are, are actually doing it, is it? Well, I I don't know what the theories involve, but come on, people, get a grip. I think they should shut the internet down for like seven hours a day so people don't look at too, disappear down too many rabbit holes. I'm sure society would be better. But where do they get this nonsense from? I know that Woody Hallison, um, Woody Hallison even, uh, was one of the people that uh, came out and spoke about it. So it's obviously getting some traction, but... Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. I, I don't. Re- I don't think anyone understands what five G is yet. So, um, uh, you know, it seems a, a weird thing to blame when you, you're not even sure what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame Dr's not on because he would undoubtedly believe this and give us a further explanation as to why it's true. But hey, we can do that in a future week. But apparently, you know, people have kind of ignored the fact that there are lots and lots of countries around the world dealing with coronavirus where the 5G infrastructure doesn't even exist. And there's, you know, vast swathes of our country where there is no, there are so no 5G. It barely exists here. So there's, yeah. I mean, look, when people are scared, uh, but people are stupid as a group in general. You know, there's that old saying, people, a person is smart, people are stupid. But, you know, this is a new level um, and it is exacerbated by fear and, and wanting to believe that there's some kind of, you know, underhand but more rational rational explanation for why we're all having to stay in our homes and our entire way of life has changed. I get why people are clinging to that sort of thing, but get a grip for my just for God's sake, it's bizarre. Never seen anything like it. Anyway, that's um I've got that out of the way. Mike, you've um you've got a new obsession. So I've been trying to cope with um staying in the flat, as I mentioned, and uh, I just wanted to point people to, to old games, there's there's no need to try and beat DR at FIFA. You're not going to. You're going to fail. He's going to win the 30 quid uh, prize for our FIFA tournament. And he'll probably win every other subsequent tournament. Hopefully someone will come along and cane him, but um, I, I can't see it happening. So old games. Um, talk about old Palace players. Old computer games. There's a website called myabandonware.com. And I've just been on that constantly. So there's so many games, no longer in copyright, whatever they've put on there. Um, and, and one of the companies that I always love the games from, um, LucasArts. Uh, so Lucas, who obviously did did Star Wars, and there's a lot of Star Wars games on there, but they did a lot of um, click and point games. Um, 
and you might remember some of them, uh, Day of the Tentacle, that kind of thing. They're all on there, they're free. So I've been playing Sam and Max Hit the Road from 1996. Um, But there's a a ton of Star Wars games. There's a a ton of Indiana Jones games. You know, there's stuff like Civilization as well. But these games, if you remember them, even if you don't, just just get involved. They're going to make you lose yourself um, for free. You don't have to have have a Sky subscription or anything like that. It's well worth doing. And any one of a certain vintage, honestly, myabandonware.com. It's it's gonna it's gonna chirp you up if you're feeling moody. That's for sure. That's a great tip. I mean, at the moment, I am very much locked into Football Manager 2020. So I've got one game on the go where I'm just playing it, you know, regularly, doing quite well with Palace. It's only a couple of games in um, where I've I've managed a, a win and a draw. Drew against Chelsea away and beat uh, beat Bournemouth at home. Uh, very very happy with my squad. Made some terrible signings and nobody would buy Jeff Schlupp. Sorry, sorry, anyone listening who loves Schluppy. Well, um, if you want to go down the manager route old school, there's plenty of games on there. So um, there's the original football manager. Uh, there's soccer team manager from 1994, rugby manager from 1989, <laughs> striker manager from the Amstrad in 1991. And then my favourite from when I was a, a little kid, ultimate soccer manager, 98, 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played so, that, yeah. Uh, and then you can usually get a patch. Somebody's made a patch for this season's players on a lot of these games. So incredible stuff. Well, there is uh, the other version, the other game that I'm playing on FM 2020. I've um, I've downloaded the editor from the tools on Steam, and I'm in the process of uh, carefully editing the Palace um, under 18 team uh, with back of the nest team members. Um, so I'm gonna gonna enjoy that. I just want to see where their careers go. And as I've already threatened, I'm, I'm going to make Nick a terrible, terrible footballer and see where his career ends up. More, More than you're going for. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's taking. Can you get um? Can does it do sensible soccer that side, Mike? Because that was the best all-time football game of all time. Uh, I'll have a look while you're talking. <laughs> well, there we go. We have to sort of string things out, Nick, until he's finished looking. Um, I used to play Sensible Soccer. Um, they re-released it on the Xbox. I think it was the Xbox 360. Um, and it just didn't play the same. It was a lot harder to control the players. Um, yeah. And I you know, I couldn't I couldn't do the what usual thing of running to the halfway line on either wing and then pulling back on the joystick and holding the button down as long as possible and it would always go in. So there, 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 there is, there's various versions of Sensible Soccer. There's Sensible Soccer European Championship 92, Sensible World of Soccer, Sensible World of Soccer 96, but then there's also sensible golf, so I might give that a go. That is brilliant. I promise you, that is a superb game, and I'm going to go and play it. <laughs> and it was Captain Sensible who did the music, of course. Silence, but it was. I'm not making that up. Really? It was Captain Sensible, yeah. I used to have a, a Stranglers album on cassette, all sculpture, and at the end of the B-side, there'd be this uh, tape that you could load down on a ZX Spectrum game. Uh, called Oral Sculpture and it had the music like peaches in it but it was crap for listening to in the car because you get to the end of side two and all of a sudden at full volume you get this another uh, one for the kids there thanks Nick yeah yeah side two don't don't even think about it kids (laughs) it's not worth getting into even side two yeah anyway look it's time for the quiz just before we get on with that uh, just a quick reminder download the Pitch Sport Football app uh, they're simulating the season at the moment, so you can uh, get your predictions in and carry on playing the prediction game on there. They're supporting us, so please support them. And uh, yeah, so let's crack on with the quiz. 
So, uh, a little change to our quiz this week. Usually Mike brings us a quiz and somebody or all of it's cheat. Uh, and, it, you know, we kind of lose our way a little bit. So this week, producer Mikey has set us up with a, with a wonderful palace-related quiz on Kahoot, which is a quizzing-type app thing. Palace quiz coming right up. Question number one. How many league goals did Jordan Much score for Palace? Is it zero, one, five, or six? It's got to be. It's got to be. Nout. Yeah, nout. there's no way. I've got oh. five for some reason. <laughs> you thought he scored maybe, five goals? What is wrong maybe with Maybe I, I thought of his QPR career, perhaps. I don't know. I think you're mentally ill, mate. I can't believe Mike had a faster finger than me. Well, maybe I can. <laughs> right, so that, yeah, the, the, the answer to, to question one was, of course, zero goals for, for Jordan Much. Incredible stuff. Question number two. From which club did Palace sign Fancy I? Was it one, Beijing Sinobo Juan, two, SH Shenhua, three, Shandon Leneng Taishan, or four, Dalian Yifang? Oh, uh... I think I'm correct in this, I think. God damn it. <laughs> Come on! Yes. Uh, why was I so slow? What's happening with my brain and my fingers? Amber, you were wrong as well. Was I? Yeah. Oh, I pressed the wrong. Thing. Yes, and it was S H Shenua for for Fan Z signing for Crystal Palace. Question three: Who was the first Palace player to score in the World Cup finals? Greg Berhalter, Kenny Sampson, Thomas Brolin. Or Mila Yedinak. Oh, I keep, oh. keep getting confused with the system we've got here. Uh, I wonder if the question means... Yes. Oh, my God, really? Yes. Quite recently. Really? Quite, was I was a, there. Was when he, World Cup, wasn't it? Yes, oh, free kick, wasn't but, it? Or was it a penalty? Bear, Bearhalter was not in the World Cup. That's the, He was the first... No, oh, first I was, was going to go Bearhalter, but um, no, I, I, I thought no. Yeah, Mile Yedinak, of course. Of course it was Mile Yedinak. I am going to kill myself. Oh, look, who's in the lead? <sighs> Cheating, that's the problem here. How do you do the whole point of this quiz was not to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I give up moving can't the lead. Believe, the accusations can't fly. believe Mikey has given you and, and Mike the answers before this quiz just to show me up. <laughs> Bang out of order, Mikey. Here we go. Question number four. Which year did Jedinak score it? 2010, 2014 or 2018? <laughs> I, don't really, I don't know which screen to look at. <laughs> I'm looking at the question screen and I'm looking at my iPad to answer it. And then my brain melts and I just stare at stuff. 2014 had to be 2014, didn't it? We all got oh, that, Yeah, we yeah, did. We, we were all correct. Right. I just couldn't remember when the last World Cup was. I couldn't take four away from 2014. 18. Just got a WhatsApp from my mum. Perfect timing. Mums just know when you're busy doing stuff. I've done nothing for six days since I last spoke to her. Impressive. What, what, what's, your, what's your mum? Oh, how you, she just said, how are you getting on? Uh, yeah, well. Shut up, mum. It's too important right now. Call you back Yeah, later. come on. I'm on bottom of a quiz against these two. It's time for the fifth question. Ooh. Listen carefully. 
Crystal Palace is the only club of the 92 to have no vowels in the first five letters of its name. Is it true or is it false? <laughs> I can't think about it. I've just gone 50 50. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Were we all wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the team. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Incredibly true. Who would have thought it? If only I'd had time to think about it. Question six. Who scored more league goals for Crystal Palace? Friedman, Johnson, or Clinton Morrison? I was too slow reading that, but um, we all got it. We all got it. Clinton, the man, of course. Of course. Um, After my uh, choice of 11 last week. Question number seven. What is the biggest points tally Palace have finished on in any league? 86, 88, 90 or 92? Oh, this is a toughie. Ooh. I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, no one got it. I went 92. Oh, dear. I can't believe that. It's an excellent quiz. It really is. Mikey's outdone himself here. So it was the 90 points was the correct answer, which seems unreal that Palace managed 90 points, but I assume that was probably when we won the uh, the championship or whatever it was called at the time we won it. It wasn't when it was two points for a win, that's for certain. Well, no, exactly. But of course, only you remember that and, and no subs as well. This is the eighth question. If you get this wrong, we're in trouble, all right? Sellers Park is the highest stadium in England, standing at 549 feet above sea level. True or false? Oh, I mean... That's cobblers. Absolute cobblers. <laughs> it's got to be cobblers, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's insane to think it would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, too easy a question, so I just can't claw it back. I am languishing at the foot of the table. If you're interested in the scores, Nick Gussett has 4,992 points at the top. Mike is hot on his heels on 4,736. I'm just I'm taking a respectable distance, uh, socially distancing, you might argue, with 3,844 as we go. Well, Nick, Nick shoots his leg pretty quickly, doesn't he? I'm fast on the fingers. Yeah. Yes. Question nine. Which manager has the biggest league win percentage? Is it Frank... D- no, joking. Is it Alan Pardew, Neil Warnock, Sam Allardyce or Roy Hodgson? Definitely. Definitely him. Oh, I've... yeah, I was right. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah dog. Oh, hang on a second. Sam. Right, that was, oh. question, that was question nine. So we uh, we are approaching the final two questions. Mike is now leading 5,716 points. Gusset still on four nine nine two, and I'm catching all the time four eight four nine. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing these party, but yeah. Question number ten: An anagram for Dougie Friedman is Aaron Dime Fudge. True, or is it false? Oh, I just I don't. I'm not going to think about it. I'm all I care about <laughs> is speed now. Oh no! <laughs> brutal. We've given it him. Given it I away mean, to him now. I mean, this so it so obviously wasn't, but it was close. Aaron Dime Fudge. What, I don't know what what were the superfluous letters, Mike, that you saw in Lightning Speed. Two A's. 
course, oh, right at the start as well. Brutal. Mike seemingly going into the last question with an unassailable lead, 6856. Gusset and me on the same points we were last time I said it. Here we go. Last question. In true spinal tap style, this one goes all the way up to 11 for some reason. I don't know. 11 questions? Anyway, number 11. These players played in Julian Speroni's debut. Was it Boyce and Colker? Was it Hughes and Butterfield? Was it Borrowdale and Watson? Or was it Soares and Leisurewood? Ooh. I, ooh, uh, mm, that's tough. Yeah. I've gone for Saws and Legit Wood. Oh, oh, no one got it. No one oh. got it. They all went. So there were four, four, four possible answers of Boyce and Colker, Hughes and Battlefield, Borrowdale and Watson, and Saws and Legit Wood. And we picked one, we picked different ones each, but none of us picked the right answer. We are idiots. Question 11 was, of course, Boyce and Colker. But there we go. It's all over. So in third place, a respectable third place, uh, me. I'm really proud of myself. Uh, Gusset in second place. And Mike Scott absolutely stormed it. Six, eight, five, six points. Seven out of 11 questions correct. Well done, mate. Well, I've still, I still got four out of 11 wrong. So I'd imagine people at home, if they're playing along, did better than me. That was um, that was very enjoyable. Yeah, that was great. Do that again. Yeah, I mean, and it's quite clear I do not thrive under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did. I was one of the things I put on my CV. <laughs> right, that's your lot. Thank you very much for listening, and of course, thank you to Mikey for producing, to Nick and Mike for joining me, and uh, we'll be back with a preview show later in the week, and then we'll be back probably a little bit later than that with a review show, people. Take care, bye. Back of the chest. Coronavirus self-isolation podcast. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.